host, Fat, a.k.a. Legion Rex, and welcome to the final episode of Classics Buns. Uh, I'm your host. With me, I have my co-host, Shane, a.k.a. The Bearded One. How are you doing today, Shane? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> That's uh, all I got. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we are, so, it's, so, uh, it's a, it's just the two of us, uh, today. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of us today, um, and before we get started, I have a little bit of an announcement to make. <laughs> um, so, we, uh, for a while, uh, this podcast has only really been on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, just out of convenience, uh, but, uh, we, uh, but after a suggestion made from one of Shane's mutuals, uh, we are now going to be starting to upload audio-only versions of the podcast, um, and they will be starting to do- and uh, what is the site chain? Okay, uh, so I was suggested um, by my good friend Triple G. Shout out to Triple G. Um, <laughs> go follow him on Twitch and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, he suggested to me that we use something called Anchor FM which, after looking into it, appears to be a completely free hosting site where we upload our episodes there, and then whenever we decide to publish them, uh, they will dole them out for us to all the major music platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I believe Google Podcasts as well. So you can follow us for audio-only episodes from this episode on, uh, you can find us on all of those services. Uh, search The Gap Podcast. It's just The Gap Podcast. So you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also Anchor FM if you want to go there to find us. And I, as well, I will also be uploading all of our previous episodes um, from before this point. So all, what is this? This is 76. So all 76 episodes should be available on all those platforms by the time this podcast goes up. Hoping things go well, but yeah, hoping it, yeah, hoping it goes well, and we don't run into like a uh, SoundCloud style problem yeah. uh, like we had when we did Gab years and years ago. And but yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I know I, I've I've had people ask for audio only podcasts in the past, uh, so this is not this. So this is something that I know people really want, mm-hmm. and I am very excited that. Uh, we're finally able to do this, so I am so ho- so. Stay tuned for that when it comes out. We have a we have a wonderful episode planned for y'all today. In general, uh, we have simulcasts to talk about. We have surprisingly a large amount of news, but we had news nevertheless. And of course, we got our featured anime of the podcast, which is Space Pirate Captain Harlock. Captain uh, which is, Harlock, <laughs> which is the last. Um, uh, show for classics months, so look forward to our thoughts on that. Let's start off with some simulcasts, um, because, uh, it, there's nothing new airing now. Uh, it's all just stuff from, it's all continued, continued stuff from the past mm-hmm. couple, se- uh, from the past, uh, because from the past couple been, seasons. <laughs> well, no, everything started. Yeah. Everything started up. Uh, so Shane, is there any shows you want to talk about? Uh, specifically this week it's that i kind of want to just brush over everything in like a a speed run style just because not a whole lot of opinions have changed but i want to like update my opinions there's a couple of shows i there is a couple shows i do want to like talk about have more heavily but Mm -hmm. i'll get we'll get when we'll we'll get to them when we get to them yeah 
Um, so for me, uh, Higurashi, still real good. Um, they had the more violent stuff coming. Yeah, the, the, nice. they, they've gotten to the gruesome stuff now, which is, yes, uh, I've been waiting for that. <laughs> and it's wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. It, it is actually very well done, and I'm excited to see where this goes because they're, they just finished the first question arc. So, yeah, the, my favorite thing of it is that the violent is that this, this version of Higurashi, I think, nails the fact that half of the scares of Higurashi come from its sound. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite, and my favorite adaptational choice they did was they didn't do this in the original and they didn't do this in the novel either, but they did this here. And I love it is that whenever, at least before this, like in the first two, for the first couple episodes, and it was in the third one too, when they, uh, where Katie was starting to talk about the whole, um, the whole incident back mm-hmm. in the day. And then one of them would just say like, yeah, yes, yes. And then it would just say something and the sound would cut out and their voice deepens. Yeah. And- the, the, like the, the sound cuts, their voice deepens and also gets louder in the yeah. mix. So it like, it booms out at you like really ominously. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed that in the first episode and I was like, I love that choice. It's yeah. such a good choice to make. Yeah. Uh, the art style is also really, the art style also works really well with the horror too. Mm-hmm. I was really happy that it did. Uh, so yeah, so far very strong. I don't know where this is going though, because I know for fucking sure this is a sequel. Yeah, so yeah, like, it's going I, to deviate at some point. I, the question is when. I I'm going to guess know. next. I think next arc probably will start to see like where it's going to deviate yeah, and maybe. how it deviates. Unless they're going to take their sweet old time, which is Higurashi, yeah. so they're probably going to take their sweet old time. Because like they've they've already started to deviate slightly, especially at the end of this arc. Um, the way that Keiichi... Um, it confronts Reina and also kills her is completely different. Yeah, so, it is. It's completely different. And it's disgusting. It's uh, a, I love... Shout out to whoever thought, like, the black oval over the stab wound was a good censoring choice because it's just there. It, it's like... It's like uh, my favorite thing about Higurashi is that the, the show is so violent that you can't escape the fact that, like, censoring is going to do absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and uh and my favorite thing is, is like imagine what part of me when i saw the sense man i'm like it, like i we know it's a stab wound like show like it's not gonna do yeah. anything um imagine watching the original higurashi with the sensor i you would see nothing yeah you would uh, see the whole screen would be black <laughs> <laughs> like the scene where uh the scene where um uh uh, she's stabbing herself in uh, the neck. In, in the neck with a knife. Uh, <laughs> there would just be nothing. It would like be a. It would be a scene from JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Anything else you wanna? Um. Adachi and Shimamura. Gay. It's so gay. It's um, incredibly gay. You know, it, it, uh, my favorite thing about it is that they're both disasters because. They're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, yeah, I know, we almost kissed, but we're still just friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, they're both disasters for completely different reasons. Like, Adachi is a disaster because she's, like, 
head over heels for Shimamura, and she can't control her feelings. She doesn't understand them properly. And then Shimamura is just like, "Yeah, this is normal. What the? F- what are you talking about? What's the matter?" In complete like, denial. Um. Well, in, in, in complete like disbelief. It is the absolute. It's the joke that someone always makes. Is that was it? Lesbians don't fall in love. They just move in together. Um, and that's absolutely true here because it's like they don't even. It's it's kind of, it's like it's just like yeah. It's just like two gal pals just like you know just hanging out, it. having just a good time, out. maybe fucking, yeah, maybe fucking. You know, this is like as as friends do. You know, yeah, as, as friends do. Um, can confirm if you get close enough to someone, you will fuck eventually. <laughs> eventually at some point mm-hmm. um and but like, <laughs> but like but like yeah I, I love the animation of this show too, mm-hmm. so. it, 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 it's a gorgeous show i love the art style and again remember when i said last time how everything looks like overly like shiny or it like glistens mm-hmm. i like i like that com, um compositing choice because a lot of the show is shown from Adachi's perspective where she she does like idolize Shimamura. So I like the fact that everything kind of glistens a little bit because in her eyes, she is her light. Yeah. And that's gay yeah. as shit. <laughs> it's so gay. Um and I love it. Um I love it. Uh I, I love it. Uh what do we talk about next? Akudama. Akudama. Okay, yeah. This is one of the ones I want to go in depth on because this is already three episodes in. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. I'm just going to, before you go a little deeper and I'm just going to quickly get my like brief thoughts out there. This is exactly my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyone who knows me knows that I love big dumb action, cool character designs, cyberpunk aesthetic, neon colors. Like, th- this is... I thought at first this was a Spencer show, but the more I watched it, I was like, no, this is a me show. Like, this it, is catered completely towards my tastes, and oh, it, I love it. it. It's absolutely my shit, too. Like, it's, like, it's the kind of shit where, like, my, like, I love stylish stuff. I love cyberpunk. I love all that jazz, and this is absolutely one of my favorite shows of the year. Um... Uh, favorite shows of the year it's my favorite de- it's definitely my favorite style over substance show probably mm-hmm. um because right now three episodes in there isn't much substance here no it's uh, just criminals being criminals planning and, like a big heist and that's it and that's pretty much it uh but my favorite thing about it is the fact that it's so stylishly directed um it's animation is spectacular studio Poirot, i didn't know I, studio Poirot had it in them to do something like this i've this never is, seen them do as good as this before this, this is, is what like happens insane. when Poirot enacts seasonal work rather than long runners you get stuff yeah. like this <laughs> You get stuff like this, which is nuts, uh, which they've had a really good year so far because they also did Kingdom, the new season of Kingdom. Oh, that was them? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they've done – no, they've done um, Kingdom since the beginning. I didn't know that was a pro show. Um, Yeah, that's pro. And if you've seen stuff in the new season of Kingdom, which is only like a couple of episodes out because it got pushed. It got delayed, yeah. Because of COVID. It looks really good. Um, and they're also doing Otomotsu, Mr. Otomotsu-san, 
um which i've seen stuff from that and that looks nutty too so yeah yeah which no which they've done that since 2015 that's something that comes Mm -hmm. out every couple years uh but that's always looked good like did the they had a good year this year and i don't know whether i think they may have i think it may have due to the fact that i think i think last year they had a change in management which good they needed it (laughs) They absolutely needed it. Like even Black Clover, even Black Clover is kind of yeah. Black Clover has been very uh, consistent lately, which is good to see because that was a disaster. Boruto as well. Like Perot has definitely stepped up their game, uh, which I'm really happy about. And also, I think the other thing that makes Akudama really great is its cast. Um, It has such a great cast of characters that are all like bonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's your favorite so far? Um, I love. I'm I love honest, Brawler a I, lot. I love the tag team of Brawler and Hoodlum. Yeah, I was going to I love the fact that Hoodlum just straight up lies to him. That like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a badass. I've killed like a thousand men and my sentence is 500 million years. And Brawler just goes with it. So they're yeah. like the tag team like bro duo. And I'm like, ooh, I love them. My favorite thing is like Brawler, the Brawl, Hoodlum is like... The guy who does all the talking. Brawler's just an idiot who likes to punch things. Yep. And I don't know. Like, I look, I love characters who just, like, are, like, single-minded and dumb idiot. What is it? The 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 the, the cast who made them, uh, who the cast, uh, the, the, the staff described his character as as a built idiot. Like, he's yep. was <laughs> described as a dumbass, and I love that. Um, so he's probably my favorite so far i also i also really love sorry to interrupt i also really love swindler yeah same i i love her specifically because a i love her design like she looks so good and b it's like the perfect fish out of water story with her because she was just dragged into this against her will but for some reason (laughs) she's already like finding her footing within the akudama so i have a feeling I'm like, it's probably not going to amount to anything. It's probably just she's really good at adapting to, like, bad situations. But my headcanon is that there's something that she's hiding from us. Yeah, same. Because I'm like, how how would you go from, like, normal-ass civilian to super criminal so easily? Like, the transition seemed, like, fairly smooth. So I'm like, what are you hiding? What are you? Yeah, I also love how every episode of the show is named after a American film, um, and that they're not chosen randomly. They actually relate to the episode mm-hmm. title, like, like the like the most recent episode is called Mission Impossible, yeah. um, and it's a and it's a fucking heist episode. It's a they have to break the security system, which is exactly what fucking happens in Mission Impossible movies. And and next week's episode is called Speed, so I assume there's going to be like a getaway a or bu- a chase. A, bu- a bus. A bus <laughs> that has there's to go over that... fifty miles. <laughs> Keanu Reeves shows up. And fucking. I mean, cyberpunk, just... so it would work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was gonna say it's all just connected to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, it's like, all just. It, lo and behold, after everything's all said and done, Akudama was just a promotional show for Cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd be mad or like impressed. Um, Even though they already have a promotional anime in the works for Cyberpunk, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it. they do. I do. I remember that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, what else are we talking about? Because uh, um, Kaisen still. Uh, real I haven't good? actually seen the new episode of Kaisen yet. Oh, then you're uh, missing out on Best Girl. <sighs> yeah, I haven't seen her. I, yeah, I know she's going to be Best Girl because I saw her at the end of episode two, and I was like, I already love you. Um, um, let me just say this: uh, Kugisaki for Waifu of the Year. Ooh, right thing. Yeah, I know. I think I already know my. I already think I already have my wife over the year. Um, but I, I'll need to. I, I we there might need some competition now. Then. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, Kaisen was real good, and I'm really looking forward to this week's episode. Um, because this is the point in the manga where things really start get to get going. So good. Yeah, we're in. Good, yeah. We're in, boys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Next episode is like yeah. So like, I'm exci- I'm excited. I, I I'll need to watch it because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? What um, else have we got? Uh, High Q, which you don't watch because you're not caught up, mm-hmm. had one of its best episodes in the past week with Tanaka. Oh, Tanaka! Nice to see. Like, him yeah, again. like you know how Tanaka seems like the most <clears throat> underdeveloped or the le- the least focused on member of the team. Guess what? He had a whole episode <laughs> to himself. Nice. And it was really good. It was one of the best episodes they've ever produced, honestly. Um, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is really good. Um, I'm so shocked that had how good this show is. Yeah. Um, this is. Uh, I know it's based on like it's based on like a manga from like the from like the. It's from like the eighties. Eighties, eighties, and it remind it's the best kind of shonen. Um, I, I, it's like a perfect. It's like a. I, it's basically Dragon Ball, but in in Dragon, Dragon Quest Code of Pain. Yeah, and I love that. Um, the animation is great. And yeah. like it's just a ton of fun, and I love the cast. I love the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, die, die is great. Die is great. Die is absolutely great. And I think what sold me, I like, I was already sold for the first episode, but it was episode three. We didn't talk about it last time, but the third episode is what really sold sold me on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the training uh, episode. Yeah, that's the one that really sold me. Because uh, I love good training stuff in Shonen, and that was a good training episode. It, it really does have that timeless feel to it. Not only because it's Dragon Quest, and that's like a legacy series, but also because it it does conventional Shonen tropes so damn well. Like that it training episode, I think well. honestly was the best episode so far. Yeah, it's so good, and it's got ridiculously good direction and mm-hmm. animation. Uh, for Toei, I I'm I'm waiting for when it drops. I'm yeah. waiting for when it just like because um, apparently uh, Digimon's already at that point. So yeah, D- Digimon's at that point. I've heard Digimon also went off a cliff with the story too. Um, <laughs> well, um, uh, uh, because they decided to because uh, I because I haven't watched it. Um, I heard it was like really good at the start, though. But then this has been kind of just been a slow decline um, in quality. Um, uh, so it's which sounds a lot like Digimon Adventure Two. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's not it's not something that's it's not uncommon for Digimon. Uh, but I hope Dragon Quest stays the same. I know it's going to be a complete adaptation of the manga. However long that takes, because there's no confirmed episode count yet. And there's like 400 chapters, so it's gonna be a long one. Um, uh, and since there's no confirmed episode count, probably because they know it's they're, they're like we're just gonna keep going until we're fucking finished. So, yeah. 
Um, probably, I'm going to say probably like, at least over 100, likely. Yeah, most likely. Um, yeah, so, but I'm excited for it. Um, uh, what else What else you want to talk about? Did you catch up on Assault Lily? I have not, no. I have, um, I have seen the most recent episode. Well, at I least of this recording, because there's a new episode that comes out this morning. Um, oh, no, I, okay, I thought you were meaning, like, episode four. No, uh, I, episode three. Oh, and I've seen episode three too. Uh, Assault Lily uh, doesn't know how to do storytelling. Correctly. It's it's fun, but I am not invested in the story at all. <laughs> I I don't know. Okay, uh, I like the cast, but it has the pacing of a phonetic of a phonetic two year old. Um, I love plot points that show up and get resolved extremely quickly in the mm-hmm. same episode my favorite i knew it was going to start to be a problem when in the second episode the whole dilemma is riri is you know is that riri is like yeah i want i want you you to be my uh i want you you to be my partner whatever the fuck the name is shoot single uh, or shoot I, single yeah yes, i shoot single i was like i want her to be my shoot single um and I'm like, you know what? That's an int- like that could be like a like a series long or like at least half a series. Like yeah, like the, like that could span uh, across uh, that could span across the whole season. And there's your like overarching narrative. Like she's she's constantly trying to get you use attention to to be her mentor. That's, he learns, and that's how he she learns more about her and how. And how character and how like uh, and what happened to her because I know some, something tragic probably happened to her. Uh, she has that she's, she 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 doesn't like people. Um, but at nope. the end of the episode, <laughs> she just asked her and she's like, okay. okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and that every episode and the last episode also had uh, some issues with that as well. Yeah, because you have you going berserker mode where apparently like, oh, you can't reason with her. She's she's gone berserk. Watch out, she's dangerous. And then of course, Riri being the chosen one immediately <laughs> snaps her out of it. And I'm like, okay. Um, right. It looks gorgeous though. This show looks incredible though. It, so it's it, so, so it's pretty. Uh, the art style is nice. I like all the character designs, even though like two thirds of the characters should not be there. Um, there's so many people. Yeah, there's, there's so many characters. If you expect me to memorize every single one of their names, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call them Green Haired Girl. Oh, right. but there's <laughs> there's several of them, Matt. How do you differentiate? A short green hair <laughs> girl with um, green and yellow. Uh, striped leggings. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it, the the show doesn't know how to. No, the 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 major thing that's keeping me from dropping it is I like the cast. I like the main cast yeah. quite a bit, and I also I think it looks really gorgeous because there's a couple. There's one scene in episode two that looked like something from yeah. fucking Kill Annie, and I was like, and I was like, yeah, no, this show, the show is shaft is shaft just flexing. Uh, their their animation prowess, and I'm happy for that. Um, I said from the beginning of this because I was the one who was iffy on the story stuff to begin with when Riri was self monologuing to herself for five minutes. <coughs> but I said from the beginning, if the story is nothing special 
and it's just the dumb action show of the season, I won't mind, because I'll still watch it for the dumb action. Whether or not I get invested in the story is another thing, and so far, pfft. Yeah, I haven't, the story hasn't really grabbed me as much as I think it wants me to. Uh, there's also no confirmed episode count yet. Yeah, I noticed uh, that, and I'm like... Which- Makes me think it might be double core. Which I don't. I, th- I don't know if I can get through two <laughs> cores of this. Double core. I it might be double core. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can get through twenty four of this man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or twenty. Uh, or twenty six. Um, uh, who know? Who knows? We'll see how that goes when it goes. Uh, what else do we got? Did you watch uh, the new hype mic? Because I did not. I did not know, but I want to. Okay. Um, I usually watch that on Fridays, um, and that because that comes out. Uh, yeah, that comes, I, yeah, fun. yeah, that comes out Fridays. Did you watch the new Taiso Samurai? Did you see episode two? I did not watch episode two either. I was busy there too. Me neither. Um, Mo- mostly because I went to watch it, and uh, the Roku app on Funimation just said, "Nope, no, no, no. We are not when going to." Episode three hit. I'm going to watch both of them. The, um, the Roku app was like, "No, no, no." You you do not watch. We're not going to load it. Error occurred. No no no. Not today. <laughs> um. Oh, when episode three hits, I'll probably watch. I'll watch Tyso. Um. I'll, I'll when episode three hits, I'll like just watch both of them in yeah. succession. Um, um. I know the big one you want to talk about is Wandering Witch. So. Yeah, that's what. Let's, I, that's the, let's talk let's about talk Wandering about Witch. Wandering Witch. There's a lot of debate going on right now about this show in particular right now. Um. This is like the big talked about show of the season um, for a lot of reasons. Um, initially, it was because this is such a cute show. It's like a little cute sh- witch wit show. And then episode three happened. And, and it's like death, <laughs> doom, uh, grim. <laughs> <laughs> like just uh, stuff that you would not that you would see out of like Mushishi or like um, Kino's Journey mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other stuff. What do you think, Shane? Because this pe- this episode has people divided. Uh, you either love it or you hate it. There's definitely like a visceral reaction to here. So, what did you think of it? I am I, on, I am on the the side of loving it because, <laughs> and I said this to you guys in side chat. <laughs> Anyone who thinks that a show with as much of an open concept as this one wasn't going to tackle darker subject matter at some point is frankly delusional. Like, I knew, I knew it was going to happen eventually. Like, you can't have a show like this and not have it go darker at some point. I didn't expect it to go this dark, but... But uh, I don't mind it. I, in fact, think episode three is the best episode so far. I agree. I absolutely agree. I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. Um, and it's... The per- it's the perfect example of what I want to see in a show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's morally complicated. Um, th- it leaves you with a lot of questions, no easy answers. Um, I like how Elena is not exactly a role model as a protagonist, which mm-hmm. is really refreshing to me. Actually, a lot of pe- that seems to be people's biggest issue is that like. Elena, they Elena could have solved this problem. They argue, and um, my rebuttal, Matt, is yeah. no, she couldn't. 
Like this, uh, like uh, like the first one, she couldn't do anything because it was already happening when she got there. Like there was nothing she could have done to stop this. And then the slave one, she, like she could have tried to, but then there was like there's like it, she could have tried to, but she's stuck in a situation where she literally can't. Yeah, like do anything. Like 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 I said to you, like. <laughs> The only way that you're able to free a slave is to A, buy them off of their current owner, which she mm-hmm. did not have even close to the money to be able to do, or B, kill him. <laughs> and she was definitely thinking about it, but yeah. she couldn't do that in front of his son. Like, that that just wasn't an option. So It was, yeah, there's a, like, it's, it's a, it's a, I love this episode for the fact that it's morally complicated and it leaves you thinking like the implications afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of thought provoking stuff here. Um, I don't know. I do kind of agree with the complaint that uh, the complaint that the first two episodes that it does kind of clash in tone with earlier stuff. But- it it definitely could have um it definitely could have eased into it a little better mm-hmm. like maybe had a couple episodes like 3 or 4 um like 3 had like a, a, a story with like a darker uh undertone and then episode 4 have a story that's like a little more darker and then make this like episode 5 where it just goes completely grim like yeah. have a tr- a gradual transition yeah in tone. It, yeah um Especially when I know from the ma- I know from the light novels is that there's one really grim story every light novel and one really happy story every light novel. That's what he tries to do at least. Um, the author, uh, meaning that the next episode will might be lighter than this, um, which could backfire. I think because then it's like, well, what tone is this fucking show? Yeah. Um, but I do. But I do like the mix of tones, actually. That's, I don't think that's going to be a problem, especially when it's this well animated, this well directed. This well written. Um, this well, yeah, this well written. Just great stuff across the board. Um, and it just makes me earn to rewatch like stuff like Kino's Journey and Mushishi, which I really love. Um, so I... And I'm, I'm loving this. And it's probably... And I, I don't know if it's my favorite show of the season, me neither. Um, it's definitely up there, but absolute favorite. Undecided yet. Undecided yet. Uh, undecided. I'll need. I will, we'll need a couple more weeks, I think, because there's a lot of good stuff this season. Yeah. Anything else? I think we covered pretty much everything. All right, Matt. Sit the fuck I'm, back. <laughs> uh, I know you want to talk about Golden Comedy. I need. Uh, I have a mighty need. <laughs> I think this might be. I think this might be your favorite show of the season, actually. Golden Kamui. So, anyone who's been following me on social media knows that uh, I've been on a a bit of a Golden Kamui kick lately. <laughs> I rewatched both seasons. I've been reading the manga, and I've been keeping up with the third season and. I'm just going to make a noise. I'm going to make it. It's going to be one of those things. I'm going to make a noise to sum up how I feel about this show. Okay. All right. Ooh. 
yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about episode two last episode, but again, much like Golden Conway, it keeps getting better every fucking episode. Um, <laughs> episode two works for a lot of reasons, mainly because it's that perfect mix of serious and stupid that Golden Conway <laughs> loves to do, uh, because the gang... Uh, get caught in a bathhouse after being chased by a wolverine. <laughs> and they're like, what do we do? There's a wolverine outside. We can't do anything. So they're like, fuck it. <laughs> Banya. <laughs> and they just strip naked and they're just being naked in the bathhouse. And it's great. Um, but the thing I really like about episode two is all of the stuff they do with Sugimoto because it reminds me a lot of what they did in episode 17, which devoted fans of the podcast will remember me talking about this two whole years ago, um, where I talked about the episode where Sugimoto and Asherba get caught in a windstorm, and they talk about uh, Sugimoto's past and what he used to be like before the war, and it shows that was one of the only times we see Sugimoto vulnerable, because he's built up to be this, like tank this brick shit house that you just can't you just can't hurt you can't knock down you can't do anything to this guy and then but you, you see like one little crack in his armor and i love that stuff because it shows that no matter like who you are you have a vulnerable side that just needs to come out and i like that balance and this episode was very similar um because it showed Sugimoto. Um, I don't want to get into spoilers, though, because I know you're not caught up. But Yeah, because well, I, I want to watch Golden Comedy. Basically, Sugimoto gets into a fight with a big, buff Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire time, like, he gets hit in the head so hard that he just kind of, like, loses consciousness, but he's still fighting. Mm-hmm. And... He's constantly saying, like, under his breath, just, I, 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 I. Like, he's trying to get a sentence out, but he can't. And by the end, he manages to get it out, and he says a single phrase, I'm useless. And I'm not going to go into the context behind that, because that's big spoilers for the way season two ends. Um, But... I love the development they've given Sugimoto and how they've just been, like, giving him more cracks in his armor as time progresses. Like, the immortal Sugimoto is becoming more and more of a facade as time goes on. Like, he's still immortal. He's still, like, the strongest. But they're just putting little chinks here and there. Just showing that, hey, this guy is human. Like, he can be hurt. He can be damaged. And... I just love it. And then episode three happened, and I'm not even, like, exaggerating. Episode three of Golden Conway, season three, is one of, if not my favorite episodes of anime this entire year. Not yet. Imagine we're only on episode three of Golden Conway of a season three, and it'll probably just get better from here. Literally, I've, I have been seeing people on Twitter talking about this episode and they're like you think this episode's good you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> it's, and it's like it like i w- i really want to watch golden yeah. comedy 
because I've seen I've only seen like a I'm like where I am I'm like the end of the first season and I love it I love it so much but like I know that I have I like the what's coming is just like even better and I just can't wait like it's I uh, can't wait. The only thing that's stopping me is because it is quite a bit to catch up. And yeah, there's that's this. Point. Well, it dep- it depends on where you are in the first like season. Like episode ten. Episode ten. Okay, so you have like a core 16, 17 16, episodes, which is bit of a which is a bit of a trek. Um, uh, but I'm def I definitely want to watch it's more than high. It's less than high Q. Uh, that's the only reason that stopped me from catching up a high Q because it's like fucking. Like like forty fucking episodes, episodes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, uh, I'll wait for that. Um, yeah, but episode three is one of my favorite episodes of anime this year because it's a flashback episode, and this is something they started doing in season two, where they started doing flashback episodes, and uh, the flashback episodes are the best episodes of the entire show. Like every single one of them is top notch, and this one might be the best one. I know it has stuff with Surumi. Um, it has I- stuff with Surumi, but it focuses on Tsukishima's backstory, who okay. is Surumi's right-hand man. Um, yeah. And it, it delves into his backstory with, like, an abusive father and a girl that he loved. And you can probably tell where that's going without me saying anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite going into uh, bad directions. Um, My favorite thing about it, though is that the story itself is told from different perspectives, including Surumi, which, if you know anything about Surumi as an antagonist, is a lying shit. So I love Surumi. I, I like even if I haven't seen much of it in season one, like the little I've seen of him, I kind of love Surumi. He is um, such a good antagonist. Ugh. He's such a good antagonist, and he's a blast because he's like simultaneously like hilarious while also like disturbing as fuck like he's mm-hmm. the my, my favorite kind of villain yeah where where like he, he reminds me a lot of like he, he's a japanese joker pretty um, pretty much yeah uh, where he'll just kind of do whatever um you never know what he's gonna do um because half of it's because he he has like half of his brains gone his frontal yeah. lobe his frontal gone. lobe got destroyed in the war which you actually see happen in this backstory so Ew. Wonderful. Golden Conway. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a man's so face wonderful. get blown off by an explosive. <laughs> Golden Conway. It's not for the faint of heart. If you don't like gore or like graphic violence, this is not the show for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the manga for you either. No, definitely not. <laughs> um... Uh, which is funny because Golden Conway. Golden. Someone described. What's it? Like Golden Conway is the most violent cooking manga ever written. It really is. It, it absolutely 100% is. <laughs> it's the most violent... Uh, it, it's the... And it's like... Ah, it's so good. Uh, even for the little bit I've seen, I can't wait yeah. to catch it up. But, but ep- episode three is told... The story's told from different perspectives, including Surumi. So it's like, which one's, which one's real? Which one's the truth? I don't know. And I love that. <laughs> I love the yeah. fact that I don't know if the story that was told to us is 100% the truth, because it keeps you guessing, and I love that. It's so good! <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Alright, anything else? No, that's um, it. That was the last thing. That was the big yeah, one I, I wanted to talk about. Alright, um, so yeah, let's move on to Simulpubs. Um Golden Kamui, hey! <laughs> once again, uh, 
Well, are you are you caught up on the manga or not? I'm. Oh no, not even close. <laughs> Um, well, I know there's like 200 chapters. Or some there's shit. two. Uh, I checked. There's 256 chapters, and it is weekly. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, uh, so you're gonna be there for a bit. Um, um, I am no, but uh, how far are you into it? I am only about 11 chapters in, which, uh, in comparison to the anime, is the first three episodes. I know that the anime does actually cut out a bit. Um, the anime isn't a full on like act. It's not an a full on like one for one adaptation. From what I've from what I've read so far in relation to the anime that I just rewatched, everything I've read so far has been kept intact. So uh, it kept intact. Uh, let me check because I remember they cut out because um because at the very because. Uh, if you're 11 chapters in, that's like episode. F- it's four, episode yeah. three. It's episode three. So yeah, it's episode three. Okay, um, and I know that the once, uh, like once you get to like, like I know that that they that once you get to chapter once you get to chapter 56, that's where stuff starts to go derailed a bit. Because they start cutting out some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the big arc they cut out is with a guy by the name of uh, Shiton uh, Anehata from the prison. Um, yeah, that, that definitely they, does not ring a bell. Yeah, they they cut out like five chapters there because of its content was so graphic and oh, I can't, taboo. I can't wait. Uh, and gra- no, like graphic, taboo, disturbing, and sexual that they actually could not air it on. They that couldn't they, like, adapt it. It involves, uh, I'm not going to go into detail, uh, like full details, but it involves graphic depictions of bestiality. Um, oh, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Oh, and now you can probably see why it never got adapted. Is it? Is uh, I feel like I've I feel like I've seen. It's the guy who fucks a bear. That's what I thought. I've seen the I've seen the panel before. <laughs> it's the guy who fucks a bear. It's like a full. Uh, it's a full page spread of just this dude just right in that bear. <laughs> He fight like he 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 has sex with animals and then he's ashamed of it. So then he fucking maims them. Like he cuts off their limbs and like opens up their stomachs and just maims them in graphic detail. Oh, I love it. There's a reason why on the Shonen Jump website this is a web only series. <laughs> they probably just couldn't fucking put it on print because they like because they would. This is this is one of those like. This is one of those like shows that manga that just there's a reason it's a seinen yeah. like it's like do not show people with weak stomachs this fucking manga, um, but uh, but yeah, so you're reading Golden Kamui. Yeah, my um, brief thoughts because I'm not super far into it. Um, it's better than the anime just for the art. Like the art is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the major reason why everyone says to read the manga because uh, it's like the art is fantastic. Yeah, um, and, and as far as I've seen, like the 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 stuff from the manga that I've seen, the anime has been intact so far. Of course, as Madge just said, that's going to deviate at some point because I cannot wait for the really fucked up shit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fucked. Yeah, but yeah, the manga is um, really good, Le- legit. Uh, lovely viewers, anyone who's watching or listening to this. Do yourselves a favor. 
if you if you have if you are um not weak of heart please look into golden conway i i i implore you to either watch <laughs> or read this series it is 10,000% worth it please it's so good um uh all right um it's uh i th- one piece also came back one piece came uh, back and it was a good chapter did you read it yes i did it's so good yo the akazaya uh, 9 they yes, fucking yes. up kaido they f- yeah they they are fucking up kaido and i cannot wait for more i can't very... wait for the i can't wait for the second flashback all about <laughs> rio yeah yeah, I can't wait till they do a flashback for each individual Each one. individual samurai. Well fucking you look, one piece has the pace of molasses, so you will not be shocked I would not be shocked if they did that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time I'm actually very excited to see if if they do uh where they go here. Uh, I think what's gonna gonna happen is they're they're gonna fight Kaido, they're gonna fuck him up a bit, but then he's gonna get like a last minute boost and he's gonna like be like, Ah, you can't kill me and then Luffy's gonna have to sh- come in and save the day. Snake Man, I'm waiting for Snake Man. <laughs> what if he just doesn't do Snake Man? This I break? will kill Oda. <laughs> you will kill Oda. I will kill him. <laughs> uh, uh, the mon- the one I want to talk about is actually a manga that is not mon- weekly, but just had a chapter for the first time in a while. And that's Berserk. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, go Berserk- for it, Matt. Go for it. Berserk is back. Oh, man, I'm so happy it is because this newest chapter is a chapter that reveals and questions decades in the making. It is a big revelatory chapter, probably the biggest they've ever had. We find out where the Skull Knight comes from. We find out what the God Hand actually are. Um, We... Uh, we learn some of the backstory involving the fir- uh, involving Void, who, if you've seen or know Berserk, is the guy with the brain. Um, it's the big brain man. Um, uh, and it's a big revelation. It's only 16 pages. It's not a long chapter. But it answers so much. Uh, and the art is incredible. As uh, always. Very- as per usual with Berserk, it's just like the best looking thing that came out. It's like so good. I'm, I'm just sitting here listening to you talk about this, and I'm like, yes, I understand everything you're saying. Yes. <laughs> you need to read Berserk. I really That's do. All I, I really do. You, do. you need to read Berserk because it's so good. And it ha- my favorite thing about this chapter is that it, it answers everything we need to know, but it also raises more questions, too. That was like okay, so we have we know where the God Hand comes from. We know where Void comes from. Which the whole thing about the God Hand is that we thought they were like gods at first, but now there's the implication that the God Hand age and die. So what the fuck are they? Uh, and I know I know they're going to answer that soon. I know that's something they're going to answer because Berserk's been very good about answering stuff, um, but. I'm very curious to see where it goes now. Um, well, yeah, as you as you uh, so eloquently put in our Discord, this is the best 16 pages of manga you have read all year, which is extremely high praise coming from you. It is absolutely the best piece, of, the best manga chapter I've read all year. Um, uh, to be fair, though, it's Berserk, and Berserk is Berserk is Berserk. It's so good. Uh, it's like my it's my favorite manga for a reason, and this chapter only emphasizes. 
continued that like showed exactly why it's my favorite manga still uh, because... still waiting for that uh the those new hunter hunter chapters tagashi yeah yeah still waiting on hunter hunter um at least berserk updates consistently every single year um mario just takes a while because his art is complicated he's old and he is making he's making other berserk stuff so like Understandable. He's, what is Togashi doing? He's just on his ass, playing Dragon, <laughs> playing Quest. Dragon Quest, uh, living off living off of residuals, like a little um, bitch. Look, if you were if you were married to the author of Sailor Moon and lived off residual, you wouldn't want to do anything either. Like you just that's played. fair enough. <laughs> like, um, but in any case, Berserk was really good. Um, Berserk was fantastic. Um. That's all I really want to talk about because everything else is yeah. Everything of... else, all the weekly stuff is like real, still really good. Um, not much um, to say there. Uh, Black Clover is actually really good right now because they're revealing Asta's backstory, and I'm like, mm-hmm. they're getting into more I of wanna, the devil stuff. I'm gonna wait until the, it's done to talk about Black Clover, the the the, the flashback stuff with Black Clover. I want to wait till it's done, which it should be done this week. Uh, yeah. Black pretty fast when it comes to that stuff. Um, but once so, like next podcast, I'll go into more detail about the black clover stuff because some of the revelations that they've had are fucking nuts and i and i want to talk about them but i'm gonna wait until the asta backstory is done at the very least the asta uh stuff some of the stuff with asta is done so that way we can fully dissect it yeah um and yeah i think we're done with simul stuff this week uh for this week long simul discussion well yeah lots of well there was a A lot lot of stuff yeah so let's move on to our pieces of news um our do first piece of do news. any of them involve golden kamui? <laughs> oh, none of them do. Damn it! Um, our first our first piece of news involves another show you do like though, and that's Demon Slayer. Oh um, yes, I heard about this. Demon Slayer made big headlines the past week, um, the past weekend, because the Demon Slayer film opened and just did oh annihilated <laughs> Japanese cinema. Uh, um, uh, so here it is. Uh, the box office Mojo website reported on Monday that Demon Train uh, that Demon Slayer Demon Train <laughs> that Demon Slayer I just imagine Tanjiro as a train. Um, <laughs> Thomas the tank engine with Tanjiro's face on it. Choo choo Fucking water breathing dude, 12 dude, form dude, dude. Reported on Monday that the Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie Mugen Train film, had the highest opening weekend globally for the October 16th to 18th weekend. The film sold uh, 3,424,930 tickets because remember, Japan counts tickets. Tickets, not not yen. Um, they count tickets, and which were and earn, earned around four million six hundred uh, uh, four no four billion six uh six hundred and twenty three million one hundred and seventeen thousand four hundred and fifty yen, which was about forty three point nine million U S dollars in the first three days. In the first three days, to give you some perspective on on how big this is, um. Um, cause I uh, like a time for some of some of my movie random movie knowledge. Uh, because, uh, random movie knowledge. Um, the movie, uh, the movie Pacific Rim from 2013 uh, made 37.2 million in its opening weekend, and that was a big budget Hollywood film. 
this movie made more money in Japan than Pacific Rim did in its entire first global gain opening. Um, <laughs> movie, um, and that's also it. Also made this movie. This also movie also uh, made this level of money with reduced theater capacity and social distancing measures, and you had to wear a mask to go see the movie. This movie made that much money with all that. Apparently, this is the first Japanese film I opened this year to screen on IMAX theaters. And because of the demand, some theaters reportedly screen the movie 40 times a day. Um, and I just... Jesus you know, Christ. How long is the movie? <laughs> two hours exact. Um, two hours exact. Uh, apparently, some like there's some theaters in Japan which are like 12 screens and all of them are playing Demon Slayer. Oh, the whole theater's just <laughs> Demon Slayer? Dude... The, the movie is insane. Uh, as of Monday, the second highest grossing film the past week in globally was My People, My Homeland, which earned less than half of what Demon Slayer uh, did <laughs> with an estimated 19 million in China. The highest grossing film in the U.S. in the U.S. was a film called Honest Thief with an estimated of U.S. three million because because of course U.S. has it much worse off than Japan does right now mm-hmm. in terms of COVID. Um, uh, I. I, I just want to. I just want to. So, um, Demon Slayer's oh, the next big thing, eh? <laughs> Demon Slayer. Um, I can. I am. I am fucking in. Flo- One historic moment for Shonen. Historic moment. Yeah. Because Shonen films have never done this well before, up to this point. Not um, even like the big. This ones. is your name, Ghibli level, Evangelion levels of this, just like insanity. Um. Like, and I bet Jump is desperately trying to find a way to continue this series as much as it's worse. I, I'm, um, t- I'm telling you, do a spinoff series with all their descendants. Like you have the you have the means to do so if the author wishes to do so, but who knows if she wants to. I, I, she, yeah, yeah, she had some family stuff. The reason why the manga ended was reportedly family uh, personal problems. Um, so she ended it on her own volition, uh, and I bet Jump is desperately going to try to find a way to continue this as much as they possibly can yep. the next like twenty, like the other years. Uh, uh, from what I heard as well is that to give you some perspective on how good the film is too, manga purists in Japan think it's the best adaptation of any Jump manga that's ever been made. So. <sighs> Uh, but which I'm so excited for. As uh, as someone who has finished the entirety of the manga and has read, it's the, a one for one adaptation. The, the Mugen Train arc. <laughs> That's some good shit. It's a one for one adaptation. Apparently, like it's a one for one adaptation. Um, it doesn't cut out anything. In its entire two-hour runtime, that makes me it, happy because of everything at the end, which I'm not yeah. going to get into details. But oof, oof. yeah, um, I'm excited for it though. I'm absolutely excited for it though. Do you think that Japan's going to try to submit this for best animated feature for the Oscars? Do you they would be it? stupid not to, frankly. Do you think they will, or do you think they're going to go for something more artsy? Because that's what they usually try to do. That's the thing. How many like artsy animated films have come out there this year? There's rumors that they're pushing Ava. They're going to be pushing Ava instead because that because the reason the way they uh because the Oscar because con- like, the Oscar considered like the way for the, because because of COVID 
the deadline for the Oscars has been expanded, I think, to like February of next year. Oh, and Ava will be out by that point. They want to push Ava, which I guess I get it. I think I I get it. I think Ava's more artistic, probably going to be more artistically to the Academy's tastes. Um, uh, but at the same time, like. Ava, they tried with a they, they try like and uh, the but at the same time like this is likely going to get picked up by Funimation and Funimation has a shitty time with uh, getting films nominated for Oscars. They if if Funimation couldn't get your name nominated for an Oscar, they're definitely not going to get Demon Slayer or uh, Ava nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Uh, which sucks, but uh, but wait, no, which sucks. But in any case, I'm excited. I, I I hope Demon Slayer comes to North America very soon. Um, at this point, after seeing how much money it made here, I it's 100 percent not gonna. They're not dumping this on streaming. They're gonna put it in like theatrically yeah. as best they can. Um, which I mean, like we said last time, are mm-hmm. we willing to risk our lives to go see this movie? No. <laughs> No, uh, no, uh, we, apparently people in Japan are though however uh, it's a different situation there so I get it yeah uh, like things are mostly under control there so it makes sense it was yeah there's still social distancing message in place and limited theater capacity I do find it funny just some theaters are just screening the movies 40 times a day because there's yeah, we, so many people. we have 24 individual showrooms in this theater and they're all playing the same movie <laughs> that's like what happened when Avengers Endgame came Avengers Endgame came out over here and just like there was reports of like entire theaters just playing, playing Avengers Endgame. Playing Endgame nonstop. <laughs> yeah. The, it, it fucking made, was it made fucking uh, like three billion dollars? Uh, no, it, it, it made opening weekend, it made like $320 million. Yeah, I, I wonder like, why. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, holy shit. Um, let's move on to our next piece of news. Our next piece of news. Um, I'm only bringing it up because I think the because the headline made me laugh, and that is about oh. a, a social reform isekai. Uh, this huh? may <laughs> is this what you posted in the Discord? Yeah, this is what I posted in the Discord. So, K. Atsumi's alternate alternate world social reform fantasy novel series, uh, Sukumichi Moonlight Fantasy, uh, is inspiring a television anime that will premiere next year on Tokyo MX, MBS, MB, uh, BSN TV, and other channels. Um, uh, the fantasy centers on Makoto Misumi, the ordinary high school boy who's summoned into an alternate world as a brave warrior. While unfortunately, the goddess of the world said with the saying, Your face is ugly, stripped them of his title, <laughs> and banished them to the outermost fringes of the wilderness. Okay. Uh, while wallowing in the wilderness, Makoto encountered dragons, spiders, orcs, dwarves, and all sorts of other non human species. Due to the difference in the environment from his own world, Makoto now exhibits extraordinary powers in magic and combat. Thus, he survives in this wellness world while dealing with various encounters. The curtain rises on the alternate world social reform fantasy of a boy forsaken by gods and humans. From what I understand, this is this the story is heavily anti capitalist. It is a social reform. You love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. Uh, you love to see it. The parasite. Of of, of isekai, of isekai, <laughs> the parasite of isekai. Shinji Isihara, who directed Log Horizon and Fairy Tale, will be directing this anime at C two C. Who, by the way, are Ooh. the people currently doing Wandering Witch, and, her, and they did Hatori Bochi. Um, so and good Kent, hands. 
and Kenta Ihara, who is the writer of Sonya, of the uh, Saga of Tanya, the evil, cautious hero, and uh, cautious hero will be supervising and writing the scripts, uh, and uh, as well as having the same composer as Fairy Tale. Um, oh, oof. Uh, it's Fairy Tale. Uh, so, uh, so uh, if you've seen the trailer, it looks, it actually looks pretty good, to be honest. Um, but I only want to bring this up because I think the idea of an anti-capitalist isekai is awesome um, and just perfect because uh, it was only about time we got something like this. Anti-capitalist <laughs> revolution in another world. <laughs> in another world. That time I got reincarnated as a revolutionary. <laughs> uh, Isn't that just slime, though? That is. <laughs> well, because like he's, he's reforming the world for monsters because they're discriminated. Yeah. Like yeah, that's so basically yeah, I, just Rimuru. <laughs> yeah, just Rimuru. Um, but yeah, uh, this is happening. Uh, I'm actually I didn't know it was being done by C2C though. Um, uh, let me let, let me just say something about C2C. Hitori uh-huh. Bochi, fucking great. Uh, Wandering Witch, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the the animation on their stuff, I like I, like they've come out of nowhere the past couple of years and just actually have done. Have been uh, kind of pretty impressive with their level of quality. Remember so how I, Hitori Boji was my comedy of the year last year? Um, yeah, it was my slice of life of the year too. Um, it was my slice of life of the year. It's so good. I love it. Season two when? Um, all right, our next piece of news is about Mamoru Hosoda. Mm. Uh, someone we're both a fan of, and we love his stuff. We eating uh, good tonight, boys. <laughs> we eating good tonight. Uh, join a Tokyo join a Tokyo Anime Award Festival 2021 press event with Wolf Walker's director Tom Moore and Ross Stewart on Monday. If you don't know what Wolf Walker's is, it's the same it's the uh, new movie by the creators of The Secret of Kells and Son and Son of the Sea. Um, so it's, a, it's an Irish animated film, uh, uh, and apparently it's fantastic. Um, and it's on on fucking Apple, I think Apple, Apple TV, TV I think. Plus. Uh, yeah, I think so. Unfortunate. I, un, yeah, unfortunate. Um, uh, anime director Mamoru Hosoda revealed that he's currently working on his next work and that the storyboards are just about done. He added that his studio hopes is about to begin full-fledged production and he hopes that audiences will get to see it soon. Hosoda's latest anime film is Mirai, which opened in number two at the box office in Japan on July 2018. The film won the Animation of the Year award at the 42nd annual uh, Japan Academy Prizes in 2019. The film also won the best independent feature category for the 46th anim- uh, an- uh, annual anime awards and was nominated for best animated feature at the Academy Award at the Academy Awards. Um, so, uh, host of the sex film, I let me I, I know it's going it, to it, it's it, it's I, I know it's going to be about uh, a little, uh, I, I I have Insider information on Insider what it's info- about. Okay, we we have leaks straight from the source. All right, Matt, what do um, we got? It's going to be about uh, uh, it's going to be about a family dynamic okay. in a slightly fantastical setting, um, and it may or may not also involve time travel. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Just shocking. Uh, uh, here's about Hosoda. Hosoda's a lot like um, uh, a lot like. Kai in that he makes movies about one thing. He literally one- does the same thing over and over again, just in, with and, different characters and situations. And we eat. Every <laughs> and, single one. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, uh, I'm very excited, though. I hope it's as, I hope it's as good as Mirai and Wolf Children were. 
because uh, those are my favorites of his. I've come and around on Mirai um, since we covered it. I, have you been thinking about it? Yeah, I've been thinking like, about it. I'm like, you know what? I feel like I was a little too harsh on it. It's so good. It's so good. It's like real it's good. really, it's really good. Uh, yeah, the, and Mirai has like this. It, it just it has this yeah, real charm to it, and it's just really like it's got the like timeless feeling to it, and the animation is incredible. The music is incredible. Um, I just I loved Mirai. Um, but yeah, so host of this next movie is coming probably in the next two years, year or so. Um, I I can't wait for it. I I I will see it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, our next our next piece of news is also about a movie, and that's specifically about Kyohani. Um, um, <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch Sarune, right? Oh yes, I watched the whole thing. Um, I did not, unfortunately. I wanted to, but I didn't. Um. But the official Twitter account for the Surume anime revealed on Thursday that the anime that the franchise is getting an anime film project. Uh, the anime premiered in Japan on the NHK General Channel in October 2018. Sentai Filmworks licensed the anime and streamed the series on Crunchyroll and High Dive with an English dub as yep. in Japan. Um, uh, and there's no other news of that of that about the film other than it is happening and that we don't even know who's directing it either. Um, but we all we just know it's happening. Uh, so uh, so Kyorani is now playing the game of every anime, every property they have is getting a movie. Yeah, just every single one. Um, you want Sarune? Do you think? Do you think a movie could work? I think it could, uh, and I don't doubt Kyorani's ability to uh, adapt this into a film properly. Because holy shit! Um, <laughs> I was. It's actually. It's ironic. <laughs> That this news came out when it did, because literally right before, like the day before that dropped, and you posted, I was like, "Man, I really liked Sarune." <laughs> <laughs> like they they dubbed it right, and then I went on high dive and I saw, yeah, they fully dubbed it, including the OVN. I'm like, I should rewatch Sarune, and then this happens, and now you're like, maybe I will, maybe Rock. I will. Who knows? <laughs> Gives me an excuse to use my fucking high dive account. <laughs> Yeah, so like, um, it's uh, uh, so like, but do you think a movie like, like the like, it, like, does it end in a way that doesn't make like, does, does does a movie make sense? A movie makes what? sense. A, mo- a movie makes sense if it's a direct continuation because it did end. It didn't end. It, it's like a, and I think you'll understand it when I use this term. It was like a, uh, a conclusive cliffhanger. Oh, so it ended in a way that they could have continued that they continue it if they so desired. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's a definitive ending for that season, but they leave it open for more. So yeah, um, I'm if I, I'm hoping they do get. I, so I'm hoping to finally watch it when it, this comes out. Who knows when this is coming out? Um, it's nice to see Kyoani actually just finally rebound. It seems like they're back yeah. in the swing of things, um, which means that. Not only that, because uh, not which means that we're likely probably going to get the free film coming soon. Yep. Uh, new fr- the new free film. We're probably going to get this. We're going to get that new original anime they're coming out with, which is a, which is set in like 1910 and 1920. Um, and most importantly, we're going to get season three of Sound Euphonium. Yes. Which I'm. <laughs> um, <laughs> which fuck yes. Which. Inject it directly into my veins. You still need to watch Liz and the Bluebird. I no, I do. I need to watch the movie too. Yeah, I have it. I have both on Blu-ray. Once once COVID is done, 
be it, though. Come over when's to my gonna, place. When's that, when's that going to be, Matt, though? When is it? If, soon, Shane. It, it, you, um, they said that six months ago. <laughs> ah, um, but, uh, <laughs> scream. Um, <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, that, that is happening. Our final piece of news is about Netflix. Um, uh, as it always is. <laughs> um, and they have announced new partnerships with anime companies. New partnerships. Tell me more. Netflix announced comprehensive business alliances with anime studios NAS, uh, who did Infinite, uh, who did uh, Infinite uh, Dendrogram and ID, ID Invaded, um, Science Saru, which is the Yuasa uh, <gasps> uh, team, and Mappa, um, as well as <sighs> South Korea, as well as South Korea's Studio Mir, who are who. You may not know the name, but you know the stuff they did. They did uh, the Voltron show on Netflix, as well as, more importantly, Legend of Korra. Um, mm. Netflix previously announced partnerships with production IG, IG's sister company with Studio and Bones in 2018, which resulted in an- such anime such as Great Pretender, Carol on Tuesday, and Dragon Pilot, Hisone, and Masultan. I still need to watch Dragon Pilot. Still need to watch that. Um, in, ne- in 2019, Netflix announced similar partnerships with Anima, Sublimation, and um, and David Production. Sublimation produced the recent Dragon's Dogma anime series on Netflix. Ew. Um, <laughs> and while Witch Studio is producing the Vampire in the Garden original anime series, and David Production is doing that CG, uh, whatever the fuck its name the is. Yeah, whatever. You Yogurt? Yeah, yogurt. Uh, uh, go, gogurt, go blast. I don't know. Go, go, go blast. Uh, <laughs> go shogun. <laughs> what, what, what if like it's a remake of Go Show? <laughs> I was gonna say, what if it, it's just the ruse and it's like, nah, just kidding. It's a remake of fucking Shogun. <laughs> go Shogun. Uh, uh, in CG. Its name is Spriggan, by the way, so we were completely off. Wow. I feel <laughs> stupid now. Uh, uh, written by Hiroshi, Hiroshi Seko's working on it, so that's nice. Um, uh, but in any case, uh, the one I'm most the, most, the partnership I'm actually most excited about is not Mafar Saru, it's actually Naz. Uh, because ID Invaded was really ID great. ID Invaded. <laughs> might be like top five of the year, honestly. Uh, ID Invaded was really great. It was and, so good, and it's uh, and uh, it's actually in Nick's top five anime of all time. Did you know that? It's his yeah, two. I know. It's it's his number three. It's number three or two. It's high up there, uh, but uh, but I uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, but ID Invaded. I don't think it's that good. I don't think it's that good. I have some issues with it, um, but overall, I thought it was really great, and I'm excited to see what Naz does with Netflix. Um, that that's the studio I'm definitely most excited for to see. Um, just wait, not, just wait until they come into a partnership with Nut Studio Nut. Studio Nut. <laughs> After they did Decadence, yeah, definitely. Which you still need to watch. I Decadence. do. At this at this point, I'm just gonna wait for the dub to finish up because they're over halfway done with that now. Yeah, uh, they need to watch Decadence, or at least watch it before the end of the year, so you can put yeah. it on your best of year lists. Um, uh, uh. Because uh, because uh, I'm curious to see what Science Saru does with Netflix still because they've had a good partnership with Japan Sinks and Devil May Cry Baby. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, and Mappa, of course, is Mappa. It's Mappa. Uh, uh, it's Mappa. So you're excited for Netflix? I'm excited for what? Netflix I'm excited has. for Netflix. <laughs> uh, for what? <laughs> what has they have in store? Now it's time to move on to our featured anime of the podcast, which is. 
the final final show we're covering this classic month. So it was my pick because I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and that is the 1978 uh, uh, space opera series, Space Pirate Captain Harlock, uh, directed by Rintaro and written by Haria Yamazaki and Sojo uh, Irohara. Um, it's from Studio Toei Animation and aired from for 42 episodes from March 14th, 1978 to February 13th, 1979, and is currently licensed by Discotech Media. And you can watch it in the link below in sub only on Crunchyroll. The show did get a dub back in back in the 80s, um, uh, and it is awful. <laughs> Don't bother with it. It is garbage. It isn't it uh, because they decided to combine it with another show, so it just wait just, what? It, uh, they they pulled a Robotech and they combined it with a show called Queen Melania, which is another Leji Majimoto property. Um, and they cut out a bunch of episodes to get because both were around forty episodes. So they cut out like twenty episodes um, combined of the two to get it to sixty five and. It was an absolute mess. That sounds like a disaster. Um, yeah. Uh, so don't buy. So don't watch it subbed. That's what I'm trying to say. Watch it subbed. Uh, watch it subbed. Uh, Space Fire Captain Harlock takes place around a thousand years in the future, in the year 2977. Um, humanity is now a spacefaring civilization. They uh, have ships and um, uh, ships, and they traverse the solar system. But unfortunately, uh, all is not well. Uh, humanity is run by a dictatorship, an authoritarian state, um, uh, who give the populace everything they want, but in return take pretty much everything. They have them constantly under fear um, and, uh, sub- and the subliminal messaging. Uh, are, are, no, we follow specifically Harlock, Captain Harlock, uh, who is a space pirate who rebelled against the government – Due to his hate, due to his current hatred of what humanity has become, and he is on the starship Arcadia uh, to and is helping and, and, and is helping to uh, revo- uh, be a revolutionary against those in charge. He soon discovers, though, that that humanity is under threat by something much bigger—a th- uh, a, a, an alien race known as the Mazone. Who are a mysterious race of uh, mysterious race of beings who are, you know, who, as they described in the show, the wi- women who burn like paper, uh, and it's thus we follow the the crew of the Ar- Arcadia, led by Captain Harlock, as they try to defend humanity from both the author- the, the the government in charge as well as the Mazone. Captain Harlock is from the ma- is from the brilliant mind of Leji Matsumoto, who's the creator of Space Battleship Emoto, uh, Galaxy Space 99, and numerous other uh, properties. He is genuinely regarded as one of the pioneers of science fiction within manga. He has a distinctive art style and distinctive distinctive character designs, as well as distinctive ship designs that look more like World War II ships than they do spaceships. Um, He's definitely, he has unique yeah, and he has, so he has got unique sensibilities. And Captain Harlock is one of his most popular characters and properties. And I want to start with Shane because I know he's really excited to talk about this. What did you think of Space Pirate Captain Harlock? This show whips. <laughs> like, if you want 
a the the a, a pure space opera epic look no further than captain harlock because it's got everything you would want in a good sci-fi it's got cool ass technology design it's got a really likable and uh, a rich cast of characters uh it basically says yo the government is bad which I'm yeah for <laughs> yeah yeah um it's got cool space traversal it's got cool uh uh, dogfights in space. It's got cool alien and creature designs, and it tells a really deep and uh, overarching story. And honestly, I was this is this was generally one of the biggest surprises I think we've had this year because I was expecting it to be good, but not this good. It's one of those shows where. Mm-hmm. You're you're unaware of its like true level of quality until you actually sat down, sit down and experience the whole thing all the way through. And I'm just gonna put it out right now, and I'm sure Matt's gonna agree with me. This is the best show we've covered for Classics Month, hands easy. down, easy. Yeah, easy. Uh, I love this. I fucking fucking love this. Uh, this is everything I want in a show. Uh, I describe this show as. It is a space opera mixed in with a classic swashbuckling adventures because mm-hmm. because while it has elements of space opera like with like a bit, like it spans multiple planets and an entire solar system and numerous characters it also has the element of a swash of like a classic adventure story with a swashbuckling lead because it, they're still pirates yeah they're space so it, pirates. Space pirates. So, if you like Pirates of the Caribbean, you'll probably love this. Uh, it's just in space, and it's got a ton of it's the thing that I and the, and because of that, I love its style. I love how well this show is directed. Um, I love how I love its universe. I love its design. I love. And I and I love how after 42 episodes, I still want more. I still want more of this. And I know there's a lot more of Harlock. I know there's a lot of it. Um, but I, 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 I'm very I'm curious to check out more. Let's talk about favorite episodes because I don't know what Shane's going to pick. Because <laughs> I don't know what Shane's going to pick. <laughs> Shane went through every single episode of the show and just kept saying, this is the best episode. It, no, this one is. It I, just got better for him. I, I said this in our side chat. It, it around like episode fifteen sixteen, it hit a golden comedy esque streak where every <laughs> subsequent episode just kept getting better and better. So yeah. there's a lot. There are many <laughs> options to choose from here because there are so many great ones. Um, but my favorite episode, the one that stuck out to me the most, is the second to last episode, episode forty one. Oh, uh, Duel the Queen versus Harlock. That's a good one. That's and a good one. I love it for several reasons. One, because this, this in uh, for all intents and purposes, is the climax of the the show because they finally go up against the main uh, Mazone fleet, and Harlock finally confronts the Queen. And there's a lot of cool action, not only just in. Um, spaceship fighting but also a hand-to-hand combat where the harlock and the queen get into a sword fight and it it rules um Mm -hmm. 
But I also love the moral implications of this episode as well, because one thing I was not expecting, and I think Matt can agree with me here, they don't beat the Mazone. They don't, no. Yeah, they they don't beat them, which I love. They they don't beat the Mazone. Harlog basically makes the Queen surrender, and then the main fleet just kind of fucks off. And... I love that subversion of expectations, especially this late into the show. When you've been watching for 40 plus episodes, you expect them to just wipe out the entire fleet and uh, drive them to extinction for the sake of Earth. But they don't. And I think that fits beautifully with Harlock's character because Harlock, for the entire show has been shown as what I like to call a radical pacifist. Like, mm. he he does not wish to fight if he doesn't have to, but he drives himself to fight for the sake of what he's trying to protect. Yeah, so he, he He's shown as very merciful, um, very forgiving, and he would rather spare the Ma- if He would rather spare the Mazone if they would agree to his terms. Most of the time they don't, so he's forced to take drastic actions. In this case, his pacifism, his mercifulness actually works. He drives off the queen and the main fleet without having to drive them to extinction. Mm -hmm. And I really like that subversion because, honestly, I didn't know what to expect from the show going into it. And up until the end, I still wasn't expecting this. So there's a through line with how it deals with its storytelling and uh, its turn of events. But also, I like, I like the uh, moral ambiguity of Harlock and the crew of the Arcadia fighting all these Mazone. Because once he confronts the Queen, he's he's um, he's confronted with this like really gruesome image of all the Mazone that they've killed up until this point, and he he's basically this is basically thrown in his face. Like these are all of my people who you've killed and you have to live with this. And I, I love that because it may, it really makes you think about the Mazone as a race, as a species Mm -hmm. because sure, sure they're violent. Sure. They're hostile, but it really shows, especially with the queen that they're just trying to survive just like any other race, any other species out there. They just go about that survival in very drastic ways. So it's like, are are are, is Harlock the bad guy for killing all these Mazone? Was he actually was he really just protecting Earth, or was he just slaughtering an innocent species that were just trying to find a new home? Like, I, I I love those questions, and this show poses a lot of them, specifically in this one episode where it comes to a head and that. Honestly, if it ended here, I would have been absolutely one hundred percent satisfied. Yeah, and then they have an epilogue episode, which is also great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my favorite episode is the one which I think settled, which, which to me was the episode which me, which I would already love the show, but like this was this was an episode that when I saw it, I'm like, I love, I love everything about this show now, and that's episode thirty one, the Arcadia's secret history. Mm. Backstory the backstory episode. the backstory episode you learned so much here uh was this the it, one with the cowboy planet <laughs> i believe so yes which uh, this, i mean already cowboy planet 
Yeah, already cowboy planet, yeah. But I love the backstory here. You learn about uh, uh, to- you learn about Toshiro uh, and uh, 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 Emerelda and and just and uh, Harlock's connection to them, and it's just and and more about where Mayu came from, and it, it's I love how the show. This more goes into just how I love how the show reveals its exposition and information, um, or uh, as it continues. Also, like this entire episode, pretty much gives you everything you need to know about these characters, where they come from, and how you know, and how they all connect. And it, you go back and watching the episode and you go back and think about some of the stuff in the early episodes and stuff starts to make sense stuff starts to make uh stuff starts to uh add up because like prior to this point like one of the things about the show that was different was that like the ship had like a mind of its own mm-hmm. almost it, ha- uh, it had a sentience yeah but now you start to realize why and it's and you and i love how the actual reasoning is like that. I love the actual reasoning, and there's like kind of like this almost uh, this sweeping epic feel to how like the care like the character of Toshio just lives on in the Arcadia, and it's there's so much and like there's so much there with Toshio and Harlock that I love. Like I just yeah. love. I just love their uh, interactions. Uh, who's your favorite character? It, in the come on, that's not Harlock. even a question. It's Harlock. It's Harlock. Uh, what one? What a design the for a character! Sickest character design I might have ever seen in my time. He is. He's got the coolest fucking cape on the planet. He has a gun that he wields like a sword. It's a sword. It's um, like a rapier, kind of. Yeah, so like a classic pirate, he has an eye patch, which automatically makes him cool. His hair is luscious. Um, that man has got, not had a haircut in years. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's got fucking is a, a full black outfit. Um, he's he's got he's got drip. Like yeah, that's all I got. Massive he's, drip. He's got massive drip, but he's also like an actually interesting character too, mm-hmm. and I love that. Like. He's n- and he reminds me a lot of like the, of like a lot of good. I, I like I'll mention this once we get into details. Like the good, the thing I, the reason why I bring up Harlock as like a great swashbuckling protagonist is because like all great adventure protagonists, he's almost not the main character of his own series. Yeah, uh, uh, Diver is like the main character of this show for a bit. Much. For a bit, yeah, for a bit. But what Har- But one thing I love about Harlock is that. Because he's shrouded in mystery for a lot of it, he's, he's so compelling, and the mm-hmm. way they slowly reveal information about him is great. Um, and it, of course, it culminates in the backstory episode where you find out every, pretty much everything you need to know, yeah. like what actually happened. And it's really great. And I love Harlock. And I want. And if and he, and like also, he's a badass. And he is like, so cool. Yeah, a shame to talk about Harlock and how much you love him. Well, I, I've kind of already talked about Harlock because um, the episode I chose for favorite episode has a lot to do with Harlock. But my favorite thing about him, like I said, is his, like the fact that he's conflicted. Like because he he is shown as a more um, merciful pacifist type 
of uh, Icon, where if he doesn't have to fight, he won't. And he's thrown into a lot of situations where he's forced to fight. And that really shows, like, those kind of situations really show, like, the inner machinations of a character. And for most of the show, Harlock is very conflicted between, you know, protecting the planet that... uh, not that he loves, but that houses Mayu and protecting the the potential future of that world. But at the same time, he doesn't want to kill the Mazon if he doesn't have to. And I like the fact that the show focused a lot on that aspect of his character and showing like kind of this internal struggle of Harlock, whether or not he, this is the right thing to do. And the way he goes about everything is just so cool. And yeah. His his sword is a gun. <laughs> yeah, his sword's a gun, and he just he, it's it's the coolest shit. And he flashes uh, that cape, and man, that cape. Yeah, the, <laughs> that is the, the coolest lo- damn cape. Yeah, I love I love his design. I it's just an instantly iconic design for a character. Um, now let's talk about least favorite, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna take this off okay. of mine first because I'm kind of cheating. Is it? Um, my my least favorite character is the entirety of the Earth Senators. That Every is one of them. <laughs> That's the my entirety of the Earth government. My least favorite character is the government. The, the entirety of the government. Uh, that's my least favorite character because they all blend together as people. Oh, uh, I'm so be- I'm so glad we're on the same page, Matt. Is that your least favorite? Oh is yes, every- absolutely. <laughs> what a bunch of um. Just like real life government, they don't get anything done. Yeah, um, it, 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 way way to have an accurate depiction of like a government of bureaucracy. <laughs> bureaucracy. Um, I uh, bureaucracy, but what makes them especially frustrating from my angle is like they're like the like is that they're so is they're incompetent mm-hmm. and they're 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 selfish. They're greedy, and they're and like the like the, the like what like the like the first episode gives you everything you need to know about them is when they're like debate talking about like like their like like important issues for like two minutes, and then they're like, okay, now let's the horse races, let's watch that. Okay, and now time for golf. <laughs> yeah, time for golf, which they don't. <laughs> They're always going for golf, which there's another current U.S. president that constantly yeah. goes for golf in the midst of a crisis. But yeah, there's, there's enough of that. Um, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing about uh, the Earth government is there's a scene. I think it's in episode 41. If I'm, it's either 41 or 42, if I'm not mistaken, where um, the Mazone are attacking Earth and they're like <laughs> they're blowing up buildings, killing innocent civilians, setting cities on fire. And all of the 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 Earth senators are like, "Well, shit! All the golf courses are closed now. What the hell?" <laughs> and I'm and like, the, and, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, and "I'm like, yeah, don't f- care about like your people being slaughtered or anything. Yeah, your tea time got delayed. Ooh, it's <laughs> hard to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, it's just." Yeah, I hate them. I, if, I can't. If I had to pick one specific member of the government as least favorite character, it would be the prime minister. <laughs> well, because he's the only one with like an actual character. Yeah, uh, and ev- is- and every time he's warned of the 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 dilemma, he's like, 
I literally do not give a shit about what you're saying unless it lines up with what I care about, which is my golf and my steak. And I'm going to take my steak to the golf course and eat it on the greens. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> which, no, no and, and, and every time I see him, I'm just like, go away. <laughs> I, I don't like him. He's yeah, bad. He's stinky. Bad. Uh, Government stinky. Very bad. Uh, let's talk about some other things that we liked about the show. Um, I want to talk about the art style of the show for a second. Very distinctive. Uh, uh, this is Leji Matsumoto's in-house style. Uh, this is this is something that he does um, all the time. Uh, it's his. It's it, all his characters look like this, and I actually kind of love it. I love the look of this show. I w- I was iffy at first on the the some of the character designs. Harlock looks like a fucking beast right off the bat, so I was like, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. But all the other humans look kind of weird. Specifically, the female, the females, the women. Yeah, the the women look. The, the like, women all look like that. Now, they're so. like weird oval heads. I'm like, mm, I don't know. But as I went, as I was going through, I was like, nah, the shit whips. The sh- the, yeah, the art style, great. It's such a distinct art style, and I would, you know, props because. <laughs> I would much rather a show take a risk and make it look distinct than conforming to look like every other show. Yeah. E- even if that style doesn't end up working, you still took the risk and you tried to be original and you tried to stand out, which I will I will give mad props to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it looks great and I love the um uh, cause it, I, it's it, like, yeah, cause I love the, um, cause I love the look of it and I love how it, uh, I love how, I, lo- I love how the, like that art style not only translates to the characters, but everything else in general, all the ships look like, like the, the main ship, the Arcadia is not something you would normal it's not a normal spaceship design it looks like something that would be like in world war ii i really didn't think about that until you mentioned it but yeah it it totally has a like world war ii battleship kind of uh, style to it yeah keep in mind that harlock is from the same people who like Yamato. yamato which is straight up a battleship um and it's i love how harlock it uses it's like it's I love how Harlock uses its designs to its advantage. It's a very distinct-looking series. And the animation itself from 1978 looks pretty damn good for the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some wonky moments. <laughs> there's some wonky. There's some wonky, but it's not nearly as wonky as you would think. Um, I think it's impressive that the best-looking show we covered this <laughs> the classic months is from 1971. 1970, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Lupin. <laughs> um... But this definitely this looks still solid enough. It makes it up with fantastic direction, though. Yeah, uh, the direction in this show is goddamn brilliant. It's directed by Rintaro, who's one of the co-founder of Madhouse, and he or and he did a bu- he's done a bunch of stuff over the years. Um, he's, he's done a bunch of shit over the years. Uh, but this is his big claim. This was his big claim to fame as a director. This show, um, and what a direct his direction job is fantastic. I the the first time I sat up and noticed the directing was in the very first episode when Harlock is rescued by the Arcadia, 
uh, from being like he's about to he's on a firing squad. He's about to be rescued by the Arcadia, and this is that shot of the Arcadia over the distance and Harl like like Harlock's being illuminated by the light behind him, mm-hmm. and I was like. Yes, like yes, more of that. And the the show is filled with great shots like that. Um, it's just a f- wonderfully directed show. Shane, what else? Did anything you want to bring up? Uh, I'm really surprised. Like? I'm surprised that you haven't talked about the score yet. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, I haven't. I I knew I was missing something. Uh, the score is incredible. Mm, it's one of the best, possibly. Possibly, I. I wasn't going to say one of the best. It is one of the best, but I was going to say more so how this is a this is a situation where the score perfectly matches everything that the show is trying to do. Like beat for beat, note for note, instrument for instrument, like the show perfectly encapsulates the spirit of the show and the style that it's trying to convey. And not a lot of shows do that. Like, not a lot of shows so perfectly encapsulate the feeling of a show like this score does. Because, like, y- you think of the show, and you think of probably what Matt said at the beginning. Like, swashbuckling adventure, uh, epic, intergalactic space opera, and... God damn, that, that symphony, dude. <laughs> that, wait, that, that symphony. This Okay, so this is one of the first anime to have a score that was recorded like with an actual symphony live. Uh, it was recorded in America, I think in Los Angeles. Uh, every track you hear is an actual symphonic like score that they've recorded. A composition. And, composition, and it's, oh my god, it sounds amazing. Like, even like, just... Oh my god, it even sounds just, so Even just the Harlock theme alone sells this score but yeah every single track whips every single track whips the op whips too Mm -hmm. because it's 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 son has a sound to it his soundtrack but it's like it's son to symphony and like the score itself is so it the score was composed by seji yokoyama who also did the score for saint seiya and saint seiya's score is also symphonic and it's also incredible um and Oh my god! Like it's like I think I like Harlock's score blew me away, and I it's one of my all time. I think it might be my like I think it's one of the all time greats. Now listening to it, like it's just to me, like to me, I I want more symphonic scores like this. Yeah, just just give me all the symphony stuff because it sounds amazing. Um, and like. And like it gives me goosebumps. Like it gives, it gives me goosebumps, and it's so good. The Harlock theme in, in particular is really good. like like yeah. when you first hear that theme, the theme of Harlock, but no, it's no music. It's literally like a pirate shanty. Yeah, and then they add and, the music onto it afterwards. Yeah, um, and it's it it's perfect. It's so it's pro- like, like I like when it first shows up too. Um, and you just see the slow reveal of the Arcadia, and it's like ooh yeah. <laughs> and once they add the music, it's like it's really booming, really ominous, kind of like intimidating, mm-hmm. and, and it fits because it's about a pirate crew, yeah, which are meant to be that way, yeah. Um, 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 and I don't think we haven't mentioned the fact that the all the crew of the Arcadia are great. Literally, um, the, I mean, there's a lot of background characters that don't do anything; they're just there, but. The ones that they do focus on, they're all given 
the just the right amount of time to be like properly developed a lot of them have backstories that are usually very tragic <laughs> yeah yeah like um, um in particular i can think of uh, uh chief engineer maji i think he has one of the sadder backstories with mm-hmm. his, like imagine having a family like mar- marrying a beautiful woman having a child raising a family together and then find out that both of them lied to you and led you on the entire time like Im- imagine the heartbreak yeah yeah uh some of my favorites i like i love i i, I really i love mean may uh, the alien on the, the alien show. woman yeah yeah uh so one unique design and i love it uh wonderfully unique design and wonderfully unique uh uh you know like traits like the fact that um that her race uses alcohol as an actual um as like actual substance like, yeah the, like, like her diet is purely alcohol <laughs> like it just even as like even back in like uh even back in the uh on like the like that's just how her species ate ate they drank alcohol and uh and i love her design but she's also like an actually good character because she is pretty much like the one confidant that harlock has yeah um so you kind of understand so you understand a lot from harlock from mime and mime you also like understand a lot of mean made from Harlog, and they have like this really great camaraderie. K is really great, mm-hmm. and her um, backstory with her father, and um, I remember his—I don't—I can't remember his name, but he's a dick bag. Uh, yeah, he's a—he's a dick bag. Um, I love Daiba as well. Yeah, uh, Tadashi, who's great. Uh, he is pretty much like the second day. He's basically the second lead of the show. Yeah, uh, he's like the audience circuit of the show. He. Uh, Daibo is interesting because when the show started, I thought that he was going to be my favorite because his story with his father, the doctor, and it was the thing that hooked hooks you. It was the thing. It was the thing that hooked me on the show. I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Let's see where this goes. And mm-hmm. so. Daiba's father is murdered by the Mazone to to conceal their secrets, and he tries to get justice for his father by going to the government, being like, "Hey, we need to deal with this threat." And all the government officials are like, "Nah, nah." And then so he's, he's labeled as a traitor because yeah, so he went to Harlock, and mm-hmm. so it, it's a really interesting story where. He's just trying to to he's just trying to avenge his father, and in the process, he is ostracized by his own planet. <laughs> and so he goes aboard the the Arcadia and becomes a, a crewmate of Harlock uh, as a means to get his revenge. And I was like, okay, really interesting story so far. Let's see where this goes. And then for a while, he's just blinded by vengeance, and he's kind of one note, and I kind of did not like him at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. He becomes he becomes really insufferable once he joins uh, the Arcadia, at least for a good while. Because oh, yeah, all, at least for- all he cares about is avenging his father by any means necessary, 
and he just like tunnel vision all his blind rage right on the ma zone yeah and he just becomes one note that's all that's his entire character for like the next 10 15 episodes and i'm like okay daiba you might become my if it weren't if it wasn't for the shady government you might have been my least favorite but thankfully he comes around yeah he comes around a lot and i like his development too um mm-hmm. i like the development that he does get um, in in that front, uh, that front, that front. I also love Mayu um, a lot. I do too. Um, Mayu, uh, Mayu reminds me of the best. She's one of the. Uh, she's absolutely like one thing. I she reminds me a lot of Airy from My Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, in that she is she is like this little she's she's she is the uh, like a little girl who is the daughter of Harlock's best friend. Um, and he has dedicated his life to protect Mayu. Um, and Mayu is just, it you know, is just like the purest soul on the planet. And I love her. Mm-hmm. I want to protect her and I want her to, and I want to see her safe. Th- this is how I see uh, Mayu. Mayu to me is like Lin from North Star. If Lin was an actually good character. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cause he grounds harlock mm-hmm. um and it's the heart of the show in a lot of ways um i didn't like him at first but i actually think that as time went on and i kirita kirita is really great mm-hmm. um he reminded me by the way speaking of other stuff that we covered um on classic months he reminded me as a more serious zenigata zenigata yep yep um, well, Zenigata is like a doofus and i love zenigata for like how dumb he is and like just like his and like and I had like like seen him get his commitments. Kirida is like if Zenigata's obsession with Lupin was played completely straight and like they actually went into the psychology of somebody who was obsessed with taking down like one particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, and but one thing I love about Kirida is that he has actual depth to him. He's not just a one note antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end, he's actually I don't he's not an antagonist anymore. No, he he he's reformed and he comes around to to Harlock's side because yeah. he sees like the corruption in the government yeah. and the fact that no one's taking the Mazon yeah. seriously. So and he takes he things dies. into his own hands. Yeah, and then he dies, and that's what gets me. Uh, and I would, and I, by the end of his story, I was like, you did, congrats. You're actually one of my favorite characters. I think mm-hmm. he's great. Um, and everything with him ended up being congrats. Great. You and, made me, you made me, uh, root for, uh, uh, an uh, army officer. Good job. You made me root for the military, which you, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. Um, in second, in anything you didn't like Shane about the show, the only thing I have one. Small Smoke. criticism. One quibble. <laughs> One little quibble. And it's, it, you know, for some people, it won't be an issue. It wasn't a huge issue for me. Uh, but near the end, I could not deny it. Um, the pacing of this show. Did it need to be 42 episodes is the question. Welcome to 1970s anime, Jane. Uh, welcome to 1970s anime where every anime was like four core. Yeah. Um, um, this for my the heart, this patient in this, uh, uh, because this show came out around a year before Gundam, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm going to be comparing it to the original MG uh, of Gundam for a second, um, just to give you some perspective, because that's 43, so it's like literally around the same length as Harlock. Mm-hmm. This is paced better than that. 
Um, because at the very least, Hawlock, I feel, does a much better job at balancing its episodic plots with its overarching story. Yeah. Uh, there's no filler here. There's no filler here um, in the 42 episodes. Uh, it's all connected somehow, and it's all... And while some episodes may not advance the story, it, it all of them develop character if they don't. Mm-hmm. And they're all important. Gundam is 43 episodes and has a chunk in the middle, which is all filler. Um, so this is definitely better paced than that is. Yeah. And I can't say that I wouldn't – it's a weird thing where like I do agree that the pacing is a little bit wonky by the end. But at the same time, I don't know what I would cut. It's like that weird thing of like I don't know if you could have cut anything. Maybe you could have like sorted it to thirty nine if you really tried. But honestly, I can't really see them cutting anything. Yeah, and the the problem is that I agree with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't I can't see them cutting anything or anyone because everything ended up important. And from what I understand, it covered all five volumes of the manga pretty accurately. So it's it's weird because I a hundred percent agree with you. Like. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, I would have a very hard time, like, handpicking things to cut to shorten it. Mm-hmm. But by the end, it did still feel a little like it was dragging a little. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a weird dilemma. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah. But that epilogue was so good. That final episode mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, are we done? I think we pretty much covered everything we want to. I assume about- you don't have any criticisms. Mm-hmm. I don't really. The only one I want to bring, like I've only mentioned that the animation is a little wonky at points, um, but even then, like that's just a that's just 1970s anime. <laughs> like it's something you got to take into consideration with this kind of story. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So time for final scores. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Um, yeah. I love this. I love this. This was fucking great, and I want to watch more. Um, I I know Crunchyroll has Arcadia of My Youth. They have Arcadia of My Youth, and they also have the movie. So um, the movie, by the way, is before the uh, uh, the Arcadia of My Youth movie. Before the is, series, yeah. Before the series. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, to, to explain, I think this is important to understand about Harlock and Leggy's work in particular is that all of Leggy's stuff is in a singular universe known as the Leggyverse. Um. But, and here's the but, every version of his stories is also, is like its own thing. He doesn't care, uh, Leji Machimoto doesn't necessarily care so much about continuity. So Arcadia of My Youth is technically a reboot hmm. um, of Harlock. It's not in the same universe as the original Harlock. Um, neither is Galaxy Express 999, which... Even though, despite the fact that Harlock is actually in Galaxy Express 999, neither and Space House of Yamoto also technically is in the same universe. And Harlock's ship, the Arcadia, actually does show up in Space Battleship Yamoto. Um, <laughs> but is that's also in its own universe and doesn't actually connect to anything. So instead, it's like it's the Legiverse only connected because like some characters will like be in the same show, but like. He just reuses characters. They'll make brief cameos. 
Not even brief. In Galaxy's Best 999, Harlock plays a major supporting role. Okay, so, so it's just batshit. Okay. It's just batshit because Leji Matsumoto, in his own words, continuity is for cowards. So... A bold, bold claim. <laughs> bold claim. Basically, he just tells the story he wants to, doesn't give a damn about how fans think about it, uh, which is which is extremely respect. – I respect that a lot. Um, as, as a writer, I respect that quite a bit. Uh, but I really want to watch Arcadia of my youth because I've heard that's even better than the show. Um and it's uh, and and to get like to get uh, like from what I understand, it's about like three generations of Harlock. So, ooh, uh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> one of them is set in World War Two. Um, so like, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Yeah, my penis can only get so erect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but in any case, and that wraps up Classics Month. It's been a very fun time. We survived. <laughs> We survived old anime. This this uh, this one was particularly difficult because this out of all of the themed months we've done for October has it has been the most amount of content we've covered. Yeah, absolutely. Because because old anime be long mm-hmm. and and but I pretty much like I like I was surprised by how much I loved Harlock and Lupin in particular. Like those. Yeah. I mm, most. Shit. I'm most surprised by Tarlock because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be as good as it ended up being. But mm-hmm. all the shows, uh, with the exception of Go Shogun, had <laughs> had their merits. Again, with the exception. But of even Go even with Go Shogun, I can appreciate the fact that it started so many careers, and also the movie was really good. So yeah, yeah, the movie was really good. So I uh, I really loved. Um, most of that uh but now it's time we, uh, so so of course because it's the end of the month next uh next week we'll not have an episode we're going we're going to go back to our regular scheduled programming all right uh, which means that it's back to picking our featured anime of the podcast uh last time it was a randomizer uh which means that now it's me and shane's pick and it's shane's turn to pick final so pick of the year final pick of the year for the both of us so shane what are you picking for us to cover no. on the podcast uh, you know the journey I've been through making this final pick. Originally, yeah. I had it set in stone as Devilman Crybaby. Um, <laughs> mo- many of you know was one of the biggest shows that came out in 2018. One Crunchyroll's anime of the year. So, one of Shane's favorites of yeah, the one, year. One of my favorites of that year, directed by Yuasa. Really wanted to watch it, but... Uh, in in my escapades to get caught up on stuff that I've fallen behind on this year, I watched a little show that I was really into when I watched those first two episodes all the way back in January, and I recently got caught up on it and watched the whole thing, and fuck it, I just, I, I want to talk about it now, so next time we're going to be covering the most recent show that we've covered on this podcast to yep. date. Mm-hmm. The Slice of Life Supernatural Comedy Drama Series, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Ah, I'm so excited. I've already I've seen this show already, so I won't need to worry about watching it. I'm and watching it again <laughs> because I want to. It's, uh, are you going to read the manga too? Um, oh, I could. Oh, I could. Because uh, I've read some stuff from the manga after the anime. And it gets ooh, ooh. Um, so, um, I'm excited. Uh, so we're gonna be covering Toilet Bound Hunkun on the podcast, and I'm very excited to finally, finally talk about it. it. Will not be our final episode of the year, by the way. 
Um, we will have an episode. We have two episodes after that. So, um, uh, so with that, I'm your host Matt, aka Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter at Legion Rex, and you can also find me on YouTube at Legion Rex. With me, I also have my co-host Shane, aka the Bearded One. You can ah. find him on Twitter at Bearded Gaming Network, where uh, where he'll post his dumb opinions about movies, games, and anime, and all that stuff. He does a lot more of that now posting his opinions on like anime and stuff yeah i've, I've started i've shown movies and i've started a series on my twitter called what are you watching where periodically when i watch or read or play something it could be any medium um i'll just briefly post my thoughts on what i've watched or experienced and i'll ask you in, in to reply with what you are watching or reading yeah. or playing just yeah. get it's discussion just, going it's only anime right now but it's not gonna be just anime no uh, it'll be live action stuff too and like games and, and games and books and stuff so he'll there will be a wide variety you can also find him on twitter Oh, uh, no, no, I just said... You just said uh, that? You just said... On YouTube, and also at Beauty Gaming Network, where he posts uh, podcasts, gameplay videos, Let's Plays, uh, ad streams, and all that stuff. And he also streams on Twitch on every Tuesday and Thursday from noon to two. Uh, so check that out. I don't know what he's streaming next week. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably whatever the fuck he feels like. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> Uh, so, it, so if you find himself, uh, if you if you see himself streaming something, something stupid like Goat Simulator, that's because he decided. <laughs> Co-op <laughs> Goat Simulator. Uh, and with that, I'm your host, and you'll and we'll see you next time for Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you in two weeks. Remember. Back to normal schedule. We, we we treated you in the month of October, yeah, but yeah, uh, we treated you. But back to normal schedule. So don't be here next week. We're yeah. not going to be here. You've been ve- be you've off. been very naughty children, and you must be punished. Know, we need to, okay, yeah, we're, yeah, uh, we're going to yeah, end we're, it. Okay, yeah, we're ending there. <laughs> All, All right, right, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get that